Excuse me. Pardon me. We're going to be going to the Word in a moment. Before we do, we go to the Lord and seek His favor on His Word as it's read and ministered this morning. Our Heavenly Father, we are grateful that we can turn to You and ask for Your help, that by way of Your Spirit who has inspired Your Word, that He may be at work as well in our hearts so that we would receive what is before us in faith, hope, and love as those called to be instruments of service to our great Savior and King. May you accept our prayers for the sake of Jesus. Amen. We read a very familiar portion this morning to Christians, church-going people. We're going to be reading from Luke chapter 2 and read verses 1 through 20. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20, though the focus of our attention is going to be on verses 15 through 20 this morning. Throughout this past month, we were taking some time to look through some of the portions of Luke chapter 1. Lord, will, Lord willing, I hope to be, do more of that in the uh, next year at this time, that uh, we could look at some more portions out of Luke chapter 1, and then get into Luke chapter 2 again then. But we're looking at this latter portion of this portion that we're going to be reading, 15 through 20, though we're going to be reading all 20 verses uh, of this, or first 20 verses of Luke chapter 2. Here's what God's Word says to us there. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the, the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem, and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God uh, for all they had heard and seen, 
as it had been told them. We thank the Lord for this portion of his word. As I mentioned again, we're both focusing on verses 15 through 20 there as we have the word ministered to us this morning. The congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, perhaps we're not so quick, and it's understandable that way, I suppose, to associate the birth of Christ with the Lord's Prayer. With that particular petition that we find, as Luke pens it in Luke 11, 2, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But it certainly would be a legitimate association when we consider the response of the shepherds to the heavenly news that was broadcast to them on earth. The angels were a heavenly host of God's glory, while the shepherds were but humble men on earth, keeping watch over their flocks by night. But the response of the shepherds to the heavenly news was heavenly itself. It was a sign that God was doing mighty things by his grace. As even Mary had testified, how God is exalting the lowly. So that the will of God, done in heaven by these angels, might be done on earth as well. By these humble shepherds, by the grace of God, by others. As God makes peace with men on whom his favor rested. This morning we're focusing on the heavenly response by these humble men to the heavenly news that came their way. Truly, God's will was being done here on earth as it was in heaven. The kind of reflection to which God calls us when we've been conformed to the image of his Son, Jesus Christ. We see this in the reception of the news, the proclamation of the news, and the praise for the news. So first of all, we look at the reception of the news. One thing that we have seen, without a doubt, in the Gospel of Luke and Acts, as Luke has written both of those corpuses, uh, the Gospel and the Acts of the Apostles, is that there are these parallels that abound in the episodes of Luke and in Acts, and, and this is no exception here. The experience of the shepherds here in Luke 2 is much like that of Mary in Luke 1. In both cases, we see that an angel or angels depart from those who receive gospel news. In both cases, in the aftermath of this departure, the recipients of the news we read go with haste somewhere. Mary goes with haste to see Elizabeth in the city in a city of Judah. Well, the shepherds go with haste to see the Christ child in the city of Bethlehem lying in a manger. In both cases, we hear that both who had made haste return from whence they came. And both of them end up seeing exactly what the respective angels said they would see. Now, why is that important? Well, it's important because the shepherds are being tied by Luke to Mary. 
as he pens the shepherds' trek to Bethlehem. And how are they tied? Well, they're tied like this. Both Mary and the shepherds are lowly. Mary sees herself that way and testifies that God in his mighty saving act is a God who by his grace changes the status of people. And that this happens by God's mighty grace through the very person who himself begins his human life lying in a manger, but who by the time the Gospel of Luke is finished has been exalted to the right hand of God as that righteous, saving sovereign whom he has come to be. And when we see God as that one who transforms our humiliating status of slave to sin, to child of God, we can find our tie with these shepherds and with Mary. And we can be ready to magnify the Lord for the great changes that he brings to the status of people. Those last become first. Those who are lowly are exalted. That's what happens by God's mighty grace that way. And that's what we see happening in our passage as well. We can find our tie there with this, with Mary and the shepherds, ready to magnify the Lord for the great changes he's brought about and the great changes that he has yet to bring in times to come in glory. Now, that's not the only tie between the two. Uh, for as Mary goes in haste to Elizabeth and is described as Elizabeth as one blessed in faith, we can see that this too is the spirit in which these shepherds go in haste to Bethlehem to see the Christ child. They go in haste of joyous faith. They're delighted to see what the saving God has accomplished. Even as he said what he did according to his word. Mary was eager to see the once barren cousin with child as was declared. And the shepherds were anxious to see the king's savior lying in the humble manger as was declared. This was no vain curiosity by the shepherd. They weren't thinking to themselves, well, hey, we have nothing better to do than to watch sheep at night, and this gets pretty dull. We've got something, something exciting to watch. Let's go do it. No. Those who have been in darkness, you see, have seen a great light. The angel said you'll find the baby wrapped in cloths lying in a manger. It's the sign for you because you need to go and see it. I have good news of great joy for you. Your Savior has been born to you this day. This was the eager delight of faith. Joy in what God tells and joy in seeing what God has done. That's what motivates them to go in haste to see the manger. Just like it was a delight of faith for Mary to go in haste to see her once barren cousin. The shepherds were eager to be eyewitnesses of this Savior. Eyewitnesses to what God had said and done. They were eager to be in the presence 
of the Savior. They were eager. They longed to do it. They couldn't wait to do it. It reminds us, actually, of Zacchaeus, who was the wee little man, as our boys and girls have heard in the song. A wee little man was he. The only other time that Luke uses the word haste in his entire gospel in Luke chapter 19. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd he could not because he was small in stature. And so he ran on ahead and he climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him because he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to, to him, and the kids know this, Zacchaeus, you come down. For, uh, I'm going to your house today. But the passage says, Zacchaeus, haste, hurry, and come down because I must stay at your house today. And so he hurried. And he came down. And he received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled because he says, he's gone to be a guest in the house of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I've defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he's also a son of Abraham, because the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. You see, that the, the heavenly response to heavenly news, the joy of the angels from heaven in their news is the joy of these people on earth on whom God's favor rests through faith. We're to take delight in our Savior and God's favor and peace and direction, and we are to receive all of that with joy. In faith, Mary, the shepherds, and Zacchaeus, for that matter, delight in the good news of the gospel and the change it brings to their lives and their attitude. I bring you good news of great joy. Haste, haste to bring him along. The babe, the son of Mary, the son of God, Jesus Christ, delighted. In faith, take joy in the grace of God at work in your life. Take joy. Take joy in how God steers you according to His Word in light of His Gospel. But when we find ourselves taking such delight in the Christ, humbly born yet exalted for our sakes, when we take delight in the condescending grace of God to accomplish for us in His Son, what we in our lowliness could never do. We're responding in a heavenly way to heavenly news, which is exactly what we're called to do when we read a passage like this one. The heavenly response to the heavenly news by the shepherds leads to their own proclamation of the heavenly way. The angels have a message of great joy to proclaim, but now that the shepherds have been the faithful recipients of that great news, they reflect the heavenly news of heaven on earth by proclaiming it themselves. And we read that when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And the way that people responded to that, of course, 
as they proclaimed this, as they proclaimed what they heard and what they'd seen, uh, and were ear witnesses and eyewitnesses to this, the people marveled. But these are these ear witnesses and eyewitnesses to what God has done, what God has proclaimed, by proclaiming as witnesses what God proclaimed. And the result of that, that proclamation is actually twofold, to be honest. Mary ponders it in, his, in her heart, and, and that might be the place then where Luke received word of this Luke 2 event. But then, of course, the people marvel at the proclamation. They wonder at it. The message of the gospel is a marvelous thing. It teaches that the good news of Jesus Christ, the Savior born, is beyond our tracing out to fully understand. It proclaims that God in His grace has provided the absolutely only means by which any can be saved. And that what is impossible with man is possible with God alone. And that's marvelous. It proclaims that no one is beyond the reach of God's saving hand. Even a lowly virgin, even a lowly shepherd, even people like me and you and others who continue to need to hear the, the good news, the great joy that will be for all the people, to marvel, to have your life be a perpetual marvel in what God has done for you. And what he'll do for us in Jesus Christ. Why do you live like that? I'm living in the marvel of God's good news. That's the message. That's the, the heavenly message that continues to be the calling of his church to proclaim to an earth that needs to know peace with God and the peace of God and the marvel of the gospel. A gospel that only the gracious God and Jesus Christ can provide. Finally, we hear that God's will is done on earth as it is in heaven through the praise that the shepherds give. Because that's how our passage concludes, doesn't it? And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard and seen as it had been told them. Yes, this is our, our final point here. Like Mary, they returned from whence they came. But like Mary also, in faith, they give praise to God. And more specifically, they praise God like the angels praise God. The same word for praise is used in Luke 2.20 for the shepherds on earth, as is used by the heavenly host of angels in their praise in Luke 2.13, where we read that the heavenly host praised God. In fact, their praise is very similar to the Palm Sunday praise of Luke 19.37, and at the end of the book, where the disciples are praising God for the ascended and exalted Lord. In a way, you could say the book begins in that praise, and it ends that way. The angels give glory to God in the, in the highest for the Savior born. But on earth, where peace with God and the peace of God rests on those who know His grace, glory to God in the highest is given by those who not only praise Him for His birth, but for His life and His death, and for His resurrection and His ascension, 
Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the high. You see, when we delight in the praise of God for the Savior, those who believe that unto us was born in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, then we are reflecting, aren't we, heaven's praise for the Lord God Almighty. These shepherds praise God for the good news and for, for confirming the good news in the sign that confirmed that this saving king had truly come in accordance with God's plan. There is no reason not to praise God for providing such a Savior and such a sovereign. Because it happened exactly as God said it would. There's no reason to doubt it. There's no reason to disbelieve it. And therefore no reason to deprive God of the praise that's due His name. Now that doesn't mean people don't because it's a spiritual matter to be sure. But for people who would say to us, if we are Christians, it is nonsense for you to say hallelujah. It is nonsense for you to praise the Lord in all that you do with joyous faith in his gospel word. For us to be able to say back to that would be this. It is nonsense not to praise him. His word is true. His gospel is worthy of our trust. His message of salvation confirmed in the one born in the city of David, but lying in a manger, that God does what he says he will. He's not a God who should receive this praise merely on a holiday. <coughs> he deserves this praise from us every Lord's Day. As we gather together, but also every day as we're called to give him our praise in the lives that we're called to live. And contrary to those who, who try to find heaven on earth by disobeying God and focusing on themselves, this passage tells us that heaven on earth is found in the praise of the heavenly God in Jesus Christ. And why is that? It's because the heavenly God brings peace on earth through the good news of great joy that will be for all kinds of people, through the Savior that was born and now reigns above even Jesus Christ. And so if we're looking for heaven on earth, if we're looking for heaven on earth, it isn't going to come by simply, or at all, focusing on ourselves. It comes by a heavenly response to the heavenly news of Christ's salvation. And, and to take delight in professing in proclaiming and, and praising the triune God. God's will be done that way. All the more. On earth as it is in heaven. For the sake of the Savior. Who was born in David's town. The Savior. Who is Christ the Lord. Amen. Let's take a moment to pray, shall we? Father, we come to you taking joy in knowing that we can respond as we can as the heavenly host did once upon a time. May your blessing be upon us this day, Father. For those who seek heaven on earth in any other way than the gospel of Jesus Christ, we pray that this may be turned around in people's lives. 
because the only way that we can know the joys and the peace that really matter is by taking on, as did the shepherds long ago, lowly as they were, or Zacchaeus, or Mary, by your grace working in our lives to transform our lives. And may we find ourselves then every day marveling in the grace that we have come to know in Jesus Christ. So much so that people cannot help but see it in us. That in our words and our deeds, we might be proclaiming the good news of great joy for all kinds of people, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. May you accept our prayer for the sake of Christ. Amen.